This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio for the next two hours. Unnecessary roughness in your ear hole. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demond Cotton. Looking like he's fresh out the gym, ready to make it happen. My man's got his swole on. He was telling me that the gym is his therapy. That's where he goes and he he gets to his happy place, hitting that iron in the gym. So, Demond is not to be messed with today. I'm just kidding, Raider Nation. He's uh, he's always in a good mood. He's always ready to rock and roll. He's ready to party, as I am as well. Very excited about today. Very excited about every show we have here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as the week continues to roll on, and that's what we do. Start to turn the page. Start to get rid of that ugly taste that was left in your mouth by that that loss against the New York football giants, and now start to focus on the task at hand, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. We're coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, primetime of air. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. Of course, we have the pre-pregame show that I do. So it'll be three hours before kickoff. Then I'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen as they'll give you the official pregame show. Leading up to kickoff, they'll pass the sticks on to Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy to guide you through the game. So very excited to have an opportunity to be back at Allegiant Stadium. All season long, it's been... Home game, away game, home game, away game. It's been, you know, one week here, one week over there, home week there, one week. I mean, it's just, that's all it's been. Flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. Then they go on, you know, the bye week. Then they come off the bye week. They're on the road. Now they're back at Allegiant Stadium and got two in Allegiant Stadium back-to-back. What do you know about that? So excited about that. The season's getting ramped up. Damon, you're fired up about that. Yeah, because that means on my next paycheck, I'll have two (laughs) games on it and not just the one. I heard that. That's right. Thinking about the pocketbook, and that's okay. Uh, just happy to be back and having another opportunity to be in Allegiant Stadium and and check out a, a, another home game. And, of course, it's going to be primetime action Sunday night football. So excited about that. We've put in a call to Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels trying to get them on the show some point this week. Who knows? If, oh, I did. I did. I put in the call. They may they may or may not appear on the show tomorrow. I'm just we are both there. making those calls then. Oh, you did it too? Oh, I did not say Collinsworth and Michaels. You were no. reached out to Chris Sims, right? Yeah, Chris, Chris Sims and Rodney Harrison. Oh, there you go. So Rodney Harrison. Tra- somebody from the right. NFL team. I mean, that, that right. NBC team. We're going to get him on the show. Somebody I'm just saying. Show. I think it should be Rodney Harrison, and this is the reason why. Calls have been made. He He's got the sent. best hairline in football. No, he does. And I, I don't give compliments about people's hair very often. Normally, I'm one of those guys that I'm like, man, you need to do something with your hair. I've even told you. I'm yeah, like, hey, exactly. man, you need a haircut. Because you were so proud of your hair. Exactly. Exactly. Look, I'm 45, and I still got waves, homeboy. Like, mine are good. You know, mine are solid. And I told this to Rodney Harrison. If we get him on the show, he'll tell you. He'll confirm this. At the Super Bowl, when it was Super Bowl 50 in, in Santa Clara, it was uh, Santa Clara again. I want to point that out as Santa Clara. But when we were in San Francisco at the convention center, it was when uh, the Panthers lost to the Denver Broncos. And Rodney Harrison was one of our guests. He sat down at the table. And, you know, you usually get about 10, 12 minutes with these guys. And everyone's on a tight schedule. So you really don't have any time to BS and throw any rando questions in there or or small talk too much. But I'm telling you, man, at the end of the interview, before he went, we were wrapping up and everything. They had the little handler behind him. They're giving us the wrap-up signal. And I just gave him the look. And I was like, hey, dude, 
One more, homeboy. And I told him, I said, Rodney, before I let you go, man, I just got to let you know, you have the best hairline in football. I don't know how or how much it costs to keep your fade as tight as it is, but between your hairline. <laughs> how much it costs? No, seriously. And you know what his answer was? It costs a lot of damn money to keep my hair looking like this. I said, exactly. That's what I'm already knowing. So I'm not cut like that. I'm not built from that cloth. I'm, I'm, I'm regular dudes. You know what I mean? Like we go to, we go to a barbershop that's local. The barbershop don't come to us. He's making it sound like he got a whole team. He does. Like he got scientists. He on does the have a team. Like- and I'll tell you right now, man, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys. There's certain things <laughs> in life that I take pleasure in. I was just telling my dad that this morning. My shoes are one. I, I like the shoe game. You know, I don't get over the top crazy. Like I'm not the dude standing in line for Jays, or I'm not online trying to Debo someone else. On I'm not that guy. The resale game is deadly, man. Yeah, see, I don't do all that. I'll just go and get some comfortable shoes. I, I do think that my my comfortable shoe game is pretty cool. I, I take pride in that. I take pride in my car, and I take pride in my haircut. And so, if I could have a team, I'll just tell you, if I could have a team, or if I had uh, enough disposable income where I can just allow myself to get like a hundred dollar haircut i would but i can't that's just not i'm not cut like that i'm not built like that maybe one day in life i'll have someone will be really dumb and just give me a whole boatload of money and say here q you earned this you know people like what what would you blow your million on right first i'd have a barber yeah my barber would have have an assistant i'd have a barber in the house or 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 at least i'd have someone come to the house right you know what i mean my dad asked me this morning, he said, well, how often do you get your haircut? Do you get it cut every week? And I was like, it depends. <laughs> it depends on if there's an event coming up. So this week, the Raiders play the Chiefs at home. So that means we have an appearance to make at Allegiant Stadium. So please believe Saturday morning, I'll be at the barbershop getting my haircut. I got a confession to make. My father is bald already. And then I was talking to some family members on FaceTime last week after I got the haircut. The haircut's new, fresh, crisp. And they're like, yeah, it looks like your hairline's going back a little bit. <laughs> You're too young for that, homeboy. Exactly. And it was just like one of those, like, you, y'all ain't had to say that. Right. Y'all think I don't know this? Right, right. Well, I'll say, I, I have a good head of hair. Uh, I have not started to, uh, to, to start leaking at all. I don't think I'm going to be leaking anytime soon. If anything, I'm going to go gray before I leak, and that's okay, too. But I do take pride in the haircut. So I say all that to say Rodney Harrison has a damn good hairline and a really good fade. And we just got a text on our Sam and Ash text line at 69187 from Raider Jay in Sacramento. He said Jalen Rose has a good hairline. And he does. He has a very good hairline. Now, I'm not a big Jalen Rose fan, but I can admit the man is silent when it comes to, to the hair game. And, and Rodney Harrison, you did put the caveat. You said in the NFL. I did. I did. Jalen Rose is on point, though. I will give him that. His is on point. If there's one thing I can say that I, I credit him, I actually, I give him credit for a couple things. The hairline is definitely one. That's a, But again, those guys got the disposable income to allow their hair to look like that. This is, you know, I mean, how much is your haircut? I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. My haircut is 40 bucks total. I, I leave spending 40 bucks. How much do you spend? Um, just hair, uh, 50. You spend 50 bucks? Yeah. Is that face hair everything? Um, no, if it'd be uh, hair included 60, I mean, facial hair included 60. Yes. Oh yeah. So you spend more than me. Yeah. So you do more than me. I only spend 40 bucks and I'm good. And that's, that's getting, that's getting a shave. That's getting my haircut. That's the lineup. I mean, that's, you know that's the, though? that's the I, whole thing. I love my barber, but these new kids, these new kids these days, man, I don't know where you go, but I stay charging. away from your shop. Yeah. They up charging. When I was in Texas, I only paid 30. Well, that's Texas. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> I've learned a lot since I've been here. My barbers like they like offering refreshments and stuff, and then it's That's just cool. yeah, you know, it's they try to they try to spruce it up a little bit. I ain't mad make at you that. Feel, make you feel good for paying that extra like ten fifteen dollars. All right, well there you go. Well now we've learned today 
And I didn't go into the show thinking we were going to start talking hair. Shout but out to Royce. Hey, shout out to Demond's barber who costs more than my barber. And that's cool. Shout out to you. But no wonder you don't get your hair cut very often. <laughs> I was thinking about like after, after that. I after, wouldn't either. After that family comment of like my hairline going back, I was like, maybe I should let it grow out a little bit. You right. Because I know it can grow. You know, I'll, I'll be one of those people that's got like, you know, the head full of hair, but the hairline pushed back. Right. As long as it's growing. Right. We did get a text. We got a text from Rob in Oakland. Q, I know Rodney Harrison is retired and everything. It may have good hair, but don't forget what a big Raider hater he is. Look, Rodney Harrison has a job to do now. It's not, he's not playing in the NFL. I know he was a Charger. I know he's a Patriot. Look, I get all that. But in my conversations I've had with them, and there's a lot of people that you think are one way until you actually have the conversations in person with them. The conversation I had with Rodney Harrison was outstanding. I thought he was a very good football mind. I think he is a very good football mind, and the conversation was great. Speaking of it, I just got an email back about Rodney Harrison, so let me step off air <laughs> and answer this email. Yeah, go on check guy. that out. Go on check that out. Let me let everyone know what's coming up on the show today. 2.09 is the time. Coming up at 2.30, Blair Kirkhoff. As I said, we're going to turn the page, start talking to the, about the Kansas City Chiefs. He is from the Kansas City Star, and you want to talk about a dude who's dialed in on all things Kansas City and what's going on, especially with the Chiefs. Blair Kirkhoff is that guy. So coming up at 2.30, we'll talk to Blair about all things Kansas City Chiefs in preparation for Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium. Then at 3 o'clock, Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated, and obviously he's from the morning tailgate as well with uh, Clay Baker. He's on usually on Mondays. Uh, He's at the practice today, and there's multiple Raiders that are meeting with the the media right now. Rich Bisaccia already talked. Uh, Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson already talked. I think Derek Carr is going to be talking. At some point, Deshaun Jackson is going to talk as well, and so... We're monitoring that to possibly bring you Deshaun Jackson, the newest uh, Raider, the newest member of the Silver and Black wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson, if if he comes up in the next couple minutes, we may go to him live just so you can hear what he's got to say. But Hondo's going to give you and give us the rundown of what he saw from practice today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And that'll be at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, this will be an interesting conversation that I'm looking forward to. Connor Orr, he's from Sports Illustrated as well. Uh, he put a piece out on Monday Morning Quarterback that many people have sent to me. Many people have sent it to me and said, hey, Q, what's up with this? And basically it was talking about the Raiders' need for some more leadership in the building as far as everything that's been going on as of late. Of course, there's a bunch of uh, front office execs that have left and retired and le- you know just walked away from the team. And uh, we know all there's been a whole lot of things going on, right? Well, Connor wrote a piece in the Monday Morning Quarterback, and I like to, when there's stuff out like that, a lot of times people just see the headline and they'll look at it and be like, oh, my God, this guy hates the Raiders. Or, oh, my God, this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or or whatever. His piece says the NFL should step in to help stabilize the Raiders. That's what his piece is called. It was out on November 8th uh, from SI Monday Morning Quarterback. So I want to have him on so he can have a chance to explain exactly what he meant and there's certain parts of the the piece that I read I want to you know basically read back to him and say okay when you're talking here what exactly are you looking at what exactly are you meaning how do you think that the you know league or the team should handle their business and you know how much of that do you think had to do with John Gruden anyway it's a it's a really good piece if you just look at it objectively if you look at it and you only have silver and black glasses on you'll probably hate the piece but I just want to pick his brain and see where he was coming from and what was going through his mind and thoughts when he he penned this piece. And so I like to do that. I like to hear from people. So we'll do that 
coming up at 3.30. So we have a lot to get to on today's show. Of course, we uh, we also have a, a show topic that I like to bring to the show each and every day and a question I like to throw out there on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and also the Sam and Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R, which Sam and Ash text line is already blowing up. And all we did is talk about fades and haircuts and how much demand pays and how much I don't pay uh, for a haircut. So uh, 69187, again, keyword R&R. And when you text in 69187, that is the actual number, like the phone number that you would you would text. And then you put the letters R-N-R and then a space and then your message, whatever you want, you know, get to us and we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to pass that message along on the show. So on this date, November 10th, 2021, I want to know, what is your biggest concern right now with this team? Now, we've talked about, you know, maybe um, Achilles heels or what the issue may be with the team moving forward. But this was before all this off the field stuff really got ramped up. Of course, there was the off the field issues with Gruden and his emails, but this is taking it to a whole nother level. So right now, currently in the state of the team that they are right now, what would you say is your biggest concern with this team as they prepare for week 10 action Sunday night football versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And, Damon, I see you already lining up a few calls. Who do we got up first? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider. Let's bring it. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, what's up, man? Yeah, I pay the 40 for a haircut, man. I get the beard, the hair, the little light fade. But, you know, <laughs> I am going a little, I'm going a little shiny on the top, so I might have to stop spending that money. But, yeah, um, your question, what am I most scared about this week going to this game? Derek Carr. Okay. Which, which, which Derek Carr is it going to be? Mm. Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be September, October Derek Carr? Or is it going to be November, December Derek Carr? That, that's what that's, that's – Derek Carr will take this team as far as he can go. I just watched the game again last night. Because when you, when you just, to me, you know, like, like people say this, that, they say this, that, you know, a lot of people on social media want to bash every Raider fan for a view they have or a view they have or right. your jumping chair. You know, man, look, it comes down to this. You got to get tired of losing, man. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of losing. I don't give a damn. I'm tired of losing. <laughs> so, yeah, when we do lose, when we do see the same things happening that we've been seeing happening for my 37 years, I mean, you know, you got to call a spade a spade, man. Right, right. So, 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 you know, it ain't nothing about ever getting down or this or that. It's about being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And after watching that game again the other night, that team is balling, man. The, the Bears game, the, the Giants game, the Bears game, the Chargers game. It's right. been all Derek Carr. The rest of the team, you know, we've had our here misses, but with what we have, the way that these pieces are put in, that we're having to move around with the coaches and what they're doing, they're getting the position players to play. If Derek Carr can go out there and do September, October Derek Carr, we can go off into the playoffs. If we get this same November, December Derek Carr, hang it up till next year. We'll figure out what we're going to do because we're not going nowhere if Derek Carr don't play football the way that he knows how to play football. 
Great stuff. Great call. I love the passion right there, and that's why we call you Passionate Raider. Good call. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing about it. You know, we, we always talk about early season success, and a lot of times uh, anyone who comes on the show, any guest that we have, I know John McClain has said it multiple times. He said, Q, you know, no matter what they do early, it's not about what you do in September and October. It's about what you do in November and December. That's going to solidify who you are and what you're going to do moving forward. And so you're right. You know, that guy that was playing some really good ball, and we were talking really, really highly about him, and I'm not trying to not talk highly about him. I'm just saying we were praising Derek Carr. That was September and October, Derek Carr. November and December, if he could play like that, it's another ball game, and, and, and the Raiders can go really, really far. Thank you for that call. appreciate you. Again, 702-365-9200. DeMond, who we got up next? ABA Ivan Davis. Ivan Davis, 510, Oakland, California. What's up? What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Uh, I just want to uh, first answer your question, what kind of adjustment I think right now that I need to make. I think all the adjustments are mental. Okay, uh, mostly, though, it would be the adjustment to their offense without Henry Ruggs. Because to me, I think what they did last week, they ran the offense with Henry Ruggs but didn't have the speed to take the top off the defense. Because to me, they... I kind of looked at when they showed the blimp view of what Kansas City was doing, it kind of looked like they were running a similar uh, defense that the Raiders were with a, with a shell over the top, deep, saying, okay, we're going to give you everything underneath and then shut you down, you know, by the time you get to the end zone. And that's, that's pretty much what they did. They went up and down the field easily until they got towards the end zone, and then them, then them holes got small. Okay, and so they have to make an adjustment. I think they need to run the football because Kansas City has a proof that they can that they can stop the run. If we're having any success, then them safety's got to come up, okay, to stop the run. Now you can take your shots deep. You guys will go back to a maybe a little bit older version of football because I still say Kansas City is not going to respect the, even with Deshaun Jackson, not going to respect the D game like they did Rugs. But the difference is, is Deshaun Jackson's a vet, okay. He can he can do what I call a tag route. Okay, which means if you're sitting deep like that, okay, I'm not going to get to where the player's going, so poof, break it off. Sit right in that hole. Okay, and that, that's an adjustment that a veteran receiver should auto, and a quarterback should automatically have. Uh, don't even need a playbook for that. It's automatic. That's what a hold is. That's why I expect you to be if the player's not there. Okay, and so that's going to be the difference between Ruggs and Jackson. He, he, he easily can make that route. Plus, he does have speed. Okay, and so... Uh, if they, if they can make that little adjustment, we'll be right back to business. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. Good detail out there. And uh, got to make some adjustments. And, and I, yeah, I get that. I get that. Definitely got to make some adjustments. And, and mentally, of course, that's going to be something. But uh, that's something we won't know until we actually see what they do. Uh, on the field and and you know Deshaun Jackson he took practice today and uh, from what I was able to see which was just a couple videos from different people like Paul Gutierrez and Cassie Soto uh, looked like he was you know kind of flying around I know DeMond has an actual soundbite from Rich Basaccia talking about he looked fast and he you know he looked good and even explained the the reason why the Raiders went out and made a move for Deshaun Jackson as opposed to someone else so we'll get to that soundbite uh, in a few in a few minutes, I do want to get at least one more call in before we go to Blair Kirkhoff to talk all things Kansas City Chiefs. So 702-365-9200. One more call. DeMond, who we got up next? Raider Thaddeus in the 502. Hey, Raider Thaddeus. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's good, fellas? Um, I feel like um, the biggest uh, adjustment is just to make sure, like my biggest concern is about whether this coaching staff 
can make adjustments, you know what I mean? Uh, and really to echo my guy from the town that was just, just on, uh, it's Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, or Deshaun Jackson. One of the three of those guys got to step up, uh, especially for the long ball to stretch the field. My, I, I could see in the last game that Brian Edwards, like Derek Carr was throwing like four passes that were incompletes or trying to get Brian Edwards involved and Zay Jones. Um, I'm hoping that he can have chemistry with Deshaun Jackson. I know he's a vet. But other than that, I'd like to see more Foster Moreau, more passes to Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think our defense is locked. And just to touch on it uh, just real quick, I feel good. Like that article uh, with the guy that you're going to have on about uh, the Raiders uh, needing someone to step in. Look, we're never going to be like any other team. I like what Mark's done, uh, Mark Davis, and, uh, and with the Las Vegas uh, deals, the way that he kind of got Sheldon uh Sheldon Richardson, that one guy that was involved in moving right. the team, uh, I thought there were some savvy moves there. I really like uh, everything Mike Mayock has done, particularly in the later rounds. It's my gut feeling that those were his picks, like the Max Crosby, the Hunter Renfro's, uh, and especially my guy Nate uh, Hobbs from Louisville. But, uh, yeah, man, I have a lot of faith. I just uh, It's about this season. We definitely need to make the playoffs, and uh, I'm hoping – my guy Brian Edwards is going to answer that call to be that uh, that big time one number one receiver. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, great call, great call, good stuff. I definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how quickly Deshaun Jackson and and Derek Carr can get on the same page. We'll see how big of a role Deshaun Jackson has. I do think you'll see him in a handful of snaps this week. I think he'll go out there and play. I don't think he's going to have a major role. You know, the depth chart, the updated depth chart came out yesterday, and Zay Jones is listed ahead of Deshaun Jackson, and people were hitting me up like, why is Deshaun Jackson second? It's like he just got to the Raiders. Just got to the team. I mean, he's learning. He's got to learn the playbook, and and to his credit, from everything Rich Passaccia has said, he's been putting in the work. He's trying to learn as much as possible, but, I mean, it's it's they have Deshaun Jackson not for this week. They have him for the season. That's the reason why they got him. They got him for the long haul. So it's not like you're going to see him go out there and just ball out and all of a sudden be the number one wide receiver and, and get a bunch of numbers. Hell, Henry Ruggs wasn't getting a bunch of numbers. He was getting enough, but he wasn't getting a bunch of numbers. I'm still waiting really to see that Darren Waller dominant game again. I'll tell you that. I haven't seen that Darren Waller dominant game since week one. Not that I'm down on Darren Waller. I would like to see the Raiders use him and treat him like the superstar that he is. And I get it. I know, before you tell me, other teams are taking them away. I get it. Superstars find ways to impact games, regardless of who knows that they're going to get the ball. Bottom line. You got that soundbite from Rich Passaccia that you wanted to drop real quick. Let's go ahead and play this. And this is, uh, get, correct me if I'm wrong, this is on why they went out and made a move for Deshaun Jackson, correct? Uh, yes, because the question was, there are a lot of receivers available. Why yep. was Deshaun the receiver that you guys chose? So basically, they were talking about Odell Beckham Jr.'s out there. Deshaun Jackson was out there. Uh, Josh Reynolds was out there, who's been picked up now by the Detroit Lions. There's multiple guys that are out there, but why was Deshaun Jackson the choice? Well, first, he was available, you know, and then he could still really run. Um, and he's been a part of kind of, he's with the Rams, so he's been a part of our offense to some degree, the verbiage, some of the terminology, some of the concepts we thought he'd be um, well-versed with a little bit. And then we, we had a really good Zoom call with him, our offensive staff and myself had a great Zoom call with him on, on Saturday and felt that he was sincerely looking for an opportunity to keep playing and was excited about having a chance to do it with us and to play with Derek Carr. So that's kind of what brought us together at the end. There you go. 
Here's the explanation right there from Rich Basaccia, who doesn't pull any punches and let you know, calls it how it is. And that was the reason why Deshaun Jackson was the right choice for them. And look, I remember when Deshaun Jackson was released from the Rams. I remember coming on this very show and saying, gut feeling, just gut feeling. Haven't heard anything. Don't have any kind of inside scoop. I'll never claim to be that guy. And if I do have an inside scoop, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I don't. So I had the gut feeling that he would have made the most sense for what they need and what they're looking for. It felt like to me that it made more sense for Deshaun Jackson. And ultimately they go and make that move. And Odell Beckham Jr., according to multiple reports, is not in the Raiders thoughts. He's not a guy that is even across their radar. They're not thinking about him. I know Vic Tafer has said that last week and he's continued to double down and triple down and quadruple down with he's not a guy that the Raiders want on the roster. And I also think that, because people are like, why not OBJ? You can see in the process, he's still trying to fill out. He's looking to see who's going to give him the best offer. Deshaun Jackson, it was more of a, hey, I want to come play for you guys. Right. Well, come right on in. Right. I mean, they gave him a million dollars for the rest of the season. Exactly. But they I mean, like, it was just like an easy, yeah. like, he wants to come. He wants to be here. Right. OBJ's win, his options. He's got to see how you want to get him involved in the offense. Deshaun Plus, was, he just left the situation where he wasn't getting involved. And exactly, Derek Carr I mean, spreads Deshaun the ball was around. Just like, I want to come here. Right. So I know I'm not saying that he is a headache or anything like right, that. I got you. I'm saying you would just want the guy. He's available now. He's going to be eligible to play on Sunday. Right. And OBJ still weighing his options. Good point. So where people were saying this is like, no, let's get somebody in immediately that's going to play on Sunday, and we'll figure it out. Right. Instead of the guy that's, eh, I don't know, guys. Don't know what I want to do yet. Yeah, I'll let you know in a week or two. We right. Have, we don't have a week or two. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, you want to talk some Kansas City Chiefs? We're going to do that next. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. He'll join us to talk all things Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to do that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Tomorrow kicks off week 10 of the NFL season already in 2021. Can't believe we're already, well, 10 weeks in, but we are. And up next for the Silver and Black is a date with the Kansas City Chiefs. So here, obviously, in town, it's going to be Chiefs week in Kansas City. It's going to be Raiders week. And to help us break all things down, Kansas City Chiefs is our guy, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. You can find him on Twitter, at Blair, Blair Kirkhoff. And Blair, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And the, the Chiefs, they're, uh, they, they're in a, I guess, weird position for them as of late, but they have won two straight and uh you know they're sitting there with five wins four losses on the season uh what has been the biggest cause in your opinion for the struggle that the Chiefs have had early on so far this season yeah well thanks for having me on and it has it is a weird spot for the Chiefs based on uh recent uh history you know the four losses matches the most in a Mahomes season as a starting quarterback and they only had you know they had two last year so um, it is a lot of things have gone wrong for them. Um, turnovers probably tops the list. I mean, they still lead the NFL in in, uh, in giveaways with 19. Although they turned that around, didn't have one in last Sunday's win against the Green Bay Packers. First time since the opener that they didn't have a turnover. And Mahomes has thrown a pick, excuse me, a pick in seven thrown a pick in seven straight games until uh, until the Packers game. So. That tops the list. Early on, defense was really shaky, and in recent weeks, Mahomes, the passing offense hasn't been there. They just haven't been all on the same page at any point this season. Um, but they, but they're all over five hundred. I think teams, lesser teams that have had the same problems that the Chiefs have had, would not be faring as well as 
Kansas City. Now, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and the turnovers and the interceptions that he's thrown, and that's you know not, not normal for Patrick Mahomes. What would you say would be the main reason for those turnovers or for those interceptions that he's been throwing? Yeah, a few things going on here. I think that dating back to the Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay when the, when the Bucks played um, the, the two deep safeties and really shut down Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, uh, we've seen that week after week covering the Chiefs that uh, all opponents play safeties, two, two safeties about 20 yards off the ball, and they have succeeded in taking away the big play. So that means the Chiefs have had to go, and, and, and instead of having four and five play drives that take a minute and a half to score touchdowns or to get into field goal range, they've needed to go eight to 10 to 12 play drives and, and get yards in, in uh, smaller chunks. And of course, that, that, um, you know, the, the more plays that you run, the, the more often you can turn it over. And, uh, the other, the other thing is it just hasn't been a good year for wide receivers here. Tyree Kill has had a couple of balls bounce off of him that resulted in interceptions. And I think four of Mahomes' interceptions this year have, have been that, uh, mm. balls that were, were, were catchable, should have been caught and bounced off a receiver. So, um, he, there been, there's been a little bit of misfortune in that department as well. Talking right now with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And the offensive line was something that the Kansas City Chiefs decided that they were going to go and address immediately following the Super Bowl. And similar to the Raiders, it was it, it was kind of a work in progress. And it's still, to me, from outsiders looking in, it looks like it's still a work in progress. Where are they right now as far as trying to get that offensive line all on the same page? Yeah, five new starters. Uh, on the offensive line from the Super Bowl team. That, that's crazy when you think about it. But they, the Chiefs identified that position group as the one that, uh, you know, that, that needed the most help. And they went out and, and, and got uh, you know, Orlando Brown from the Ravens and signed Joe Tooney and then uh, drafted a couple of offensive linemen who are starting for them now and having really good seasons, by the way. The center, Creed Humphrey, and, and right guard Trey Smith are – uh, are having very nice seasons. And then at right tackle, it's been a little bit of a revolving door with, with injuries. Lucas Niang started there. Mike Remmers filled in, and now he's hurt. And and, uh, and then Andrew Wiley, who did start in the Super Bowl last year, finished up the Packers game. So it's a bit of a revolving door at right tackle. But pro football focus rated it the, the second best in the NFL um, mm. after after uh, going into Week 10. And I don't know if, if anybody thinks it's it's – playing that well, but it is better than it was at the end of last year. And and I think there's only upside for that offensive line. In fact, I think, you know, what 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 the Chiefs do against, you know, the Raiders up front, I, I think just might determine the, the outcome of, of Sunday night football and and how, how the Chiefs can handle Max Crosby in that pass rush. What has been the biggest reason in your opinion for the success the Chiefs have had the last two games as they are right now on a two game winning streak? Well, oddly enough, it's been defense. Um, beating the Giants 20-17 to 17 at Arrowhead wasn't a thing of beauty by any stretch of the imagination, but defense made plays when it, when it had to. And then, look, Jordan Love played, uh, you know, played every snap for the Packers in, in Aaron Rodgers' place last weekend. And, you know, Jordan Love not ready for prime time, his first NFL start. But the Chiefs had pitched a shutout until about, what, four or five minutes remained in that game. And... Um, and, and felt pretty good about the uh, Packers have other weapons. Aaron Jones, a great running back, and beat the Chiefs almost by himself two years ago. 
but the Chiefs really did shut everything else down, and, um, and and so the defense has played better. And not coincidentally, you know, they they acquire Melvin Ingram from the Steelers. Um, you know, we all knew him from the, his AFC West days mm-hmm. with the Chargers. Uh, Chris Jones, who the, the experiment was to move him to the to the edge and let him use pass rushing skills, is getting more snaps at defensive tackle, where he's been very effective the last couple of weeks. So defense for the last two weeks is um is really one game for the Chiefs and that doesn't happen much in the in the Mahomes era right no doubt about it and Blair you mentioned the AFC West and it made me immediately think of Gus Bradley as he used to be the Chargers defensive coordinator and to my recollection he he, his defenses did pretty well against the Kansas City Chiefs uh what is it like when when the Chiefs face a Gus Bradley led defense no you're right They, they did have some success and some good games um, against Mahomes and, and held Mahomes to some of his lowest uh, yardage totals in, in a Chiefs uniform, but they never could seem to find a way to win. The, right. the Philip Rivers Chargers teams always, you know, in the end, Chiefs usually found a way to get past them. But um, yeah, I, I I do think that they have done uh, they've really done a, a nice job on Kelsey um, throughout the you know the, when I think back to. The old old Chiefs Chargers games uh, been able to hold, hold Kelsey down. Now he'll sink into the end zone every once in a while, but he doesn't usually have his his double digit you know reception games against Gus Bradley defenses. So. That's something I would look for on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Again, I just, I all of a sudden it just popped into my mind like, hey, you know what? Gus Bradley's defense has done pretty well against the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. So that's going to be a nice little chess match on Sunday night. Now, uh, for the Chiefs to come away with the victory, in your opinion, and extend their winning streak to three, what are they going to have to do on Sunday night? Well, uh, the, the one, one area where the, where the Raiders have hurt them in, in recent years is uh, Derek Carr gets rid of the ball so quickly and uh and really negates any kind of pass rush that the Chiefs have and they haven't had a they have not had a great pass rush anyway all year and they don't bat balls down at the line they're they're just not very good at that so somehow um they've got to make Derek Carr uncomfortable and it's just hard to do when he's getting the ball out as quickly as as he is and you know Jacobs has had good games against the Chiefs and 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 um uh, you know others have had you know really nice games you know them coming into Arrowhead last year and putting a smackdown on Kansas City really got the Chiefs' attention, and uh, and Kansas City didn't lose another game the regular the rest of the regular season with the starters. They uh, the backups lost the final game of the right. year to the Chargers, but um, but the, the the Raiders, you know, Gruden's Raiders, you know, I thought they'd scouted Kansas City well and matched up well against them. It was some of the other teams the Raiders had trouble beating that made you shake your head right. and and wonder. You know why why they can't make more headway in the division, but I, I love it right now. The, the division is totally up for grabs. Everybody's got you know have, has reasons to feel good about themselves and 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 going you know going down the stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if the division produced multi playoff teams, the, the the winner and one other, maybe at least one other team. So I think these AFC games, AFC West games, are just going to be great. And uh, and. You know, it's taken to the second half of the season to to really see a lot of them. But, you know, the Chiefs have five remaining uh, against AFC West opponents starting on Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be exciting, and it is. It's a heck of a race. I mean, if you look at the NFC, it's it's really top-heavy, and the AFC, it's all bunched up. And so, and the yep. AFC West is obviously a lot tighter than anybody else. Uh, we're talking right now with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star here on Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Damon has a question he wanted to ask you. Go ahead, Damon. 
All right, now this isn't pertaining to this week's game. Oh but boy, look out! There has been some OBJ to the Chiefs <laughs> talk. Have you heard any rumblings that the uh, Chiefs may try to snoop snoop up and snatch OBJ? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was big talk here uh, throughout the day, and I don't know. I, you know, the 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 latest report was the Chiefs were one of three of, if I have it right, along with the Packers and the Saints. But then I. I read something this afternoon that the Patriots are making a big push for OBJ as well, and it would be it would be strange not, not strange. The, the Chiefs have a history of doing this. I mean, they, they signed Le'Veon Bell last year, and they signed Josh Gordon earlier this year, and they really haven't gotten Josh Gordon involved much with the offense. Every week, we keep asking, you know, when's Gordon going to get more involved, more than his one target a week, and it just hasn't been there for for the Chiefs, but. They have been looking to upgrade at, 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 the, at the number two wide receiver after Tyreek Hill and, and um, you know the McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. They've got serviceable guys, decent speed guys, okay hands guys, but not you know nobody that you have to worry about outside of single coverage. And I think they're hoping Josh Gordon becomes that player, and certainly OBJ would absolutely be that player. But in your opinion, do you think he would be a good fit? <laughs> well, I, the, the, the Chiefs tend to think that you know, they can bring in just about anybody who you know, may be disgruntled somewhere else or has a, you know, has a reason to, to leave. I, look, Melvin Ingram signed here a couple weeks ago, and you know, Mike Tomlin didn't have the nicest things to say on the way out. But um, it, obviously the, the Chiefs think they have a really good locker room, and it, when, when you're with – when you win games and you go to Super Bowls, you're going to have a good locker room, right? Mm-hmm. Your, things are going to be, um, you, you know, you, you're going to want to fit in and be part of that uh, that culture. The Chiefs sell that, and they've been pretty pretty fortunate with targeting some certain players uh, who have, may not be very happy with uh, where they've been. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he if he ended up in Kansas City. I don't know exactly how he would be used. Uh, I think other teams need him more than the Chiefs, but I, I think we're going to know something maybe by the end of today. Talking all things Chiefs right now with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. And Blair, we just got a couple more questions for you, and this one really has to do with the Chiefs coaching staff. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, he's a guy that a lot of folks have talked about. He should have a, a head coaching job at some point in the NFL. Do you think this offseason is the one where he really gets that look? Well, he's really, you know, he, he's interviewed uh, countless times, and we, we just shake our heads in you know amazement that it hasn't happened for him yet. What we don't know is has he turned down offers? Mm-hmm. You know, is it you know has he talked to you know when it was first happening? You know, a couple of three four years ago, the thought was well maybe he's just you know he's learning how to interview for the head coaching job and you know maybe you know you you don't there are certain you know markets or towns or organizations for whatever reason you don't want to work for. But you want the interview experience, and we thought maybe that was the case a few years ago. But years, you know, drag on, and the interviews continue to happen, and he continues to be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, which is not a bad gig. Um, he'll tell you that. But he wants to be a head coach, and we're all pulling for him. Every everybody that covers the Chiefs, you know, we all have, we all keep our, you know, our, our journalistic distance from the the coaches and the players that we cover, but. There's nobody that covers the Chiefs that really doesn't like uh, Eric Bieniemy and, and pulls for him and wants him to get that head coaching job. And uh, and, and look, I, 
I think it. I think it will happen this year, but I. I said that last year right. about this time as well. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I, I've been kind of watching from a distance, wondering, you know, when and if it's going to happen for Eric Bieniemy, and uh, there's going to be coaching hires and, and coaching openings this offseason like it is every offseason. So uh, we'll see about that. And, Blair, before I let you go, uh, I mentioned at the top, it's it's Chiefs week here. It's Raiders week there. Uh, you've been covering the team for a very long time. You got any uh, really good, you know, Raider week stories or anything for the fan base or even the teams that you could think of off the top of your head? Oh, man. You know what's funny? It's it, it, what's funny is that the, the and it's, it's probably like this with the Raiders too. But with the Chiefs, there's a generation of fans who are younger that remember the you know that were they're too young for the Ben Davidson Raiders, right? Uh, it, but um, but remember you know all the losses to the Broncos and John Elway and and then later on Peyton Manning mm-hmm. um, and so there, there's you know Raiders week does mean something and they, and they do talk about it at press conferences and fans talk about it on you know on on call-in shows here as well but I I think now there are more kind of people that look at the Broncos as the hated team and and not the Raiders and in both cases. For the last what five six years, the the, the series have been lopsided. Right. Uh, the Chiefs have dominated them. They have, they've won eleven straight over Denver, and I think the Raiders have gotten them twice in the Derek Carr, maybe three times in, in, with Derek Carr as a starter. So it's t- taken a little bit away from that. But I'm old enough to, <laughs> to remember the AFL and and to remember me as a kid watching AFL games, and to me. The best rivalry in the NFL is Chiefs Raiders. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And yeah, uh, not winning will will cause that to happen. You know, it'll cause yep. that rivalry to fade away. And so, uh, the responsibility of the Raiders is to get back to winning ways and make that a rivalry again. And then we could have a lot of fun with it. But Blair, uh, great stuff as always. Definitely appreciate you sharing some of your time with us this afternoon. Uh, the Kansas City Stars, where you can find Blair's work. You have anything coming out that uh, Raider fans should look at just to get a little bit of insight on the on the Chiefs. Well, I got to I got to predict the game here tomorrow. So, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, it's funny with how, how it goes like that. You 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 think the Chiefs are going to be good? They were the Super Bowl pick, so you know, picking them early almost every week, and they were losing. And I'm thinking, when when am I going to pull the trigger and go the other way? <laughs> and so I I picked them to lose the last couple of weeks, and they they befuddled me and beat the Giants and the Packers. So. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the atmosphere. You know, they, they played at Allegiant last year, but mm-hmm. there were no fans in the stands. And I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be about Sunday night. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Sunday night football, I cannot wait. I think that atmosphere is going to be fantastic. And what better teams do you want on the field than the Raiders and the Chiefs uh, at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Blair, thank you so much for your time. Like I mentioned, great as always. We do appreciate you and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No doubt about it. There he goes. Blair Kirkhoff does a fantastic job for the Kansas City Star. Been covering the Chiefs for uh, many moons, and, and I'm telling you, if you want to know a guy that's got uh, everything covered like a glove, that's the dude right there, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star on Twitter, at Blair Kirkhoff. 2.46 at the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. 2.50 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, scheduled to be at 3 o'clock. Supposed to have Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated to talk about what he saw at practice today, talk about Deshaun Jackson. But I say that with an asterisk next to it. 
Because right now, Derek Carr is talking to the media, and it's going really slow. It's the reason why I don't go to these media sessions on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I usually go on Mondays and Fridays when there's more wiggle room and it's more of a precise time. And this is how it is. I mean, you just never know exactly when it's going to be and how quickly these guys get their workouts wrapped up and they can actually meet with the media. So uh, I usually only get to go when Rich Basaccia is talking, which is, like you said, on Monday and Friday. So Hondo is there. And so I'm not going to ask him to walk outside of the media room and do an interview with me while Deshaun Jackson is talking or someone else is talking. I believe Deshaun Jackson is the last one to talk. So we're going to have to be keep our head on a swivel. We're going to have to be very, uh, what's the word for it? We're going to have to be very flexible. Let's put it like that. We just have to uh, see how everything goes. We may have to push Hondo back about 15 minutes. We may get to hear from Deshaun Jackson live. I'm not too sure, but scheduled to have Hondo on to tell us about the practice coming up at three o'clock, but it looks like with Derek Carr talking to the media right now, and I think he's just getting that wrapped up that it may be a few minutes, but again, we'll definitely let you know as we navigate through the waters. Now I did throw out a question on the Raider nation listener line and also the salmon ash text line at six, nine, one, eight, seven, as we do each and every day, what is your biggest concern right now with this team as they prepare for week 10 and their matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. And hopefully you got to hear that interview with Blair Kirkhoff talking about Kansas City. He is fantastic. He does a great job. So I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. And again, the Sam and Ash text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Got a lot of good text messages I'll get to. But first, let's go out to New Jersey and talk to our guy, Mitch. What's on your mind, Mitch? How you doing? Thank you. How are you, sir? Good, man. Blessed. Yeah, it's blessed. It was, the witnesses uh, is being delayed. Nice, I got the AC in my truck. Anyway, well, you know, Vegas, you know, 80 is very cold, right? Right, right. Um, I'm worried about uh, my biggest concern. I wish they, um, I don't know why OB, OBJ, Adele Beckham Jr., there is making demands. He only wants to play with three teams who would like to have rings, too. You know, I mean, Zales is a Zales in every mall. I think we should. I think we should. I think it's too weird. That was great. I love that. <laughs> that was great. I didn't mean to cut you off. That was great. No, he okay. said there's a Zales in every mall. That was awesome. Hey, once in a while, I get the uh, all, all wood on the ball. There you go. <laughs> that, that is, and that is the best thing in sports, the, the home run. I mean, just click. But what do I know? Um, I have 4-4 four, four speed and 10 yards. Um, <laughs> this is one of the best rivalries. This, this is my, you know, actually, Kansas State was my first team. I remember that Christmas Day, I was eating my aunts. I was like six years old. Double overtime. And Otis Taylor. My brother was a Raiders fan. So, you know, it's a little silly rivalry. And then, you know, I, 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 I'm, like a, I'm like a roller coaster. But the, the, that was always a great rivalry. And them and the Chargers, too. Give, give them credit to Chargers and Raiders. Uh, that's also a good rivalry, and, and, and all these three, oh, these three teams are gonna be good for for a long time. Anyway, I just hope uh, Clark can keep up with uh, with Mahomes because our defensive line is good. I think, and they're up to uh, par. I think. All right, good stuff. Definitely appreciate you. I like that. And again, I'm gonna use that one day too. He said OBJ is looking for a team with the ring. There's a Zales in every mall. I love that. That is awesome. I'm definitely going to coin that one and hold on to that. Real quick, text from All Day Raider A. My brother, he said, my main concern is Brian Edwards. He's disappearing way too often in the game. We need to use him in the crossing patterns more often. I think that will open up this offense in a major way. If he's contributing in a major way, teams can't double Waller and Renfro. And, you know, that's the one thing. And, and thank you, All Day Raider A, for that text. I do appreciate you. That's the thing about it, man. When one guy goes down, that means it's everyone's responsibility to step up. Someone's got to step up and be the dude. Someone has got to step up 
and take that void and fill that void and say, hey, you know what? I know we're man down. Fine. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to step up and get that opportunity. I thought last week it was going to be Zay Jones. I'm not going to call nobody out this week. Maybe it was a bad week for Zay, but I just didn't see what I thought I was going to see from Zay on, on Sunday. And that's not me trying to talk bad about him. I just thought that this was the opportunity. Everything kind of lined up perfectly, and he was going to step up and, and play a bigger role. It didn't happen. Again, the whole offense looked like it was off, even though Derek put up some decent yards statistically. just wasn't a good day for the offense in general. So you're going to need Brian Edwards to step up. You're going to need Zay Jones to step up. You're going to need Hunter Renfro to keep doing Hunter Renfro things. You're going to need that. Dylan Stoner's not ready. Dylan Stoner cost the Raiders yards. A big play because he couldn't line up in the right position. 100% on him. 100% on him. That was a bad decision. Bad move. 256 is the time when we come back. I think we'll get Deshaun Jackson possibly. Deshaun Jackson should be talking to the media. We'll have that for you as we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.